Hello and welcome to The Nerd Degree, it's me Brendan. Just a couple of things before we start the episode. First of all, I've taken the slides from this show and put them on the Facebook page. So if you go to Nerd Degree on Facebook, you'll be able to see pictures of Godzilla in a neon bikini or fruit fly sperm, which are things that will probably, hopefully make sense once you've listened to the episode. Uh, The other thing is, unfortunately, there's a little bit of a problem with one of the microphones, but I don't think it's too much of an issue. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Nerd Degree! Hello everyone and welcome, my name is Brendan Bennett and this is the Nerd Degree. In this episode, I will be asking what the big deal is about big issues, big ideas, and we'll see which team will be the big dogs. I'm essentially saying that the theme is bigness. In tribute to our theme, I've organised this competition so that at the end of the night, the team with the biggest score will win. (laughs) So it's pretty thematic. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, we should meet our teams. Uh, So I'd like you to introduce yourselves, and I just have a question for you, and that is, what is the biggest thing that you've ever seen? So if you could introduce yourselves and just tell me what the biggest thing you've ever seen is, uh, starting with you, Jeff. All right, my name is Jeff Clark. I'm an improviser, comedian, and writer. And uh, the biggest thing I have seen was probably the CN Tower in Toronto, Canada. Oh, I've been to the top of that. Yeah, it's it. So have I. It's a long trip, and it's really, really big. Yeah, yeah. Um, my name's Katie, and I am uh, an improviser and lawyer. And I at the same time, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> on my feet, and oh, not really. So much more boring than everyone thinks. Um, uh, the biggest thing I've ever think, seen, um, I got contact lenses today, so everything is, everything but, is It's actually the same size, but it's a lot clearer. Mm. But um, now but, you can really see yeah, it. Yeah, now you can really see it. Probably the biggest thing I ever saw was um, the West Wing series, because that was extraordinary. It remains ha- having a high impact in my life now. Listening to the West Wing <laughs> weekly podcast is wonderful. So that's conceptually the biggest thing I've ever seen. Okay, fantastic. Now, together you are forming a team. What yes. is your team called? Our team name is Megalodon Perignon. I shouldn't say it at the same time because it's really hard to understand all by itself. So. Sorry, do you want to say it again? Okay. Megalodon Perignon. You really picked a hard one to say. Megalodon Perignon. Yeah. Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Megalodon Perignon. And over the side. Hi, my name is Dan Bain. I'm the artistic director of the Court Jesters, and the biggest thing I ever saw was the void inside me as I looked into the mirror. <laughs> For those of you listening at home, he's, he's sadly <laughs> drinking from a bottle of beer as he says that. Uh, and my name is Scott Curry. I'm a, a, a marriage celebrant and celebrator of things nerdy. Um, and uh, when you're little... Everything seems bigger. Uh, and one of, my, uh, one of my earliest memories was when I was two years old, I was living in Singapore at the time, and they had big snakes in Singapore. But there was a, a, a very big snake. It was like 4.5 metres long, uh, which, which just wandered into the kind of suburban backyards of, of all the expats there. And they, all, the, all, the, all the army wives took a photo of them holding it, and then they killed it and skinned it. <laughs> but it was very big to a two-year-old. And it was, it was, it was big to an adult, but bigger to a two-year-old. Yeah, okay, all right, and together, uh, what team are you? We are Huge Lorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Huge Lorry! Yeah. 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 
Glad that, glad that got the round of applause because our alternate uh, title was uh, Stephen Smallfry. <laughs> Maybe we should go with that. What a team up that would have been. <laughs> yeah. All right, we are also lucky enough to be joined by Erin Harrington, who's going to be our scorekeeper. Are you with us, Erin? I am, Brendan. She's got such a good radio voice. <laughs> I'm feeling copious tonight. Extensive, chock full, capacious. <laughs> You've got a thesaurus, haven't you? <laughs> I printed one out at work. <laughs> Erin's going to be keeping track of the scores, so we find out who's going to be the winner at the end. Um, I think it's time for us to start the competition, so if you could roll for initiative. Three. Three. Eighteen. Eighteen, well, yeah. okay, that's clearly a Megalodon Perignon. It's a bigger number. It's a big roll. Yes. So uh, our first round is big questions. In this, I will be asking the big questions, mm-hmm. and it will be up to you to answer them. There will be points for accurate answers and for uh, pleasingly inaccurate answers. My question for you is, how has Godzilla caused a scandal by wearing something too revealing? Well, Ooh, most uh, things cause scandals when they're too revealing. Yeah, yes, I but mean, Godzilla in particular. Godzilla, being is, a, a big Godzilla is completely character. naked canonically. Oh. Um, so um, <laughs> would it be? Would it be? Uh, but in Japan, of course, it's a man in a rubber suit. Did uh, was there an unfortunate Godzilla wardrobe malfunction and uh, something else came out <laughs> of the rubber suit? Well, it's interesting you should say that, because although that's not true, there is quite a famous picture of uh, Ultraman uh, fighting uh, what appears to be a giant vagina monster, that, um, and Ultraman's uh, suit is a little too skin-tight. Um, you can Google it when you get home. Okay. Um, but no, that, that's not the answer. Um, Huge Laurie, do you have any ideas for this? Did someone see Godzilla's butt? Yeah, kind of. Could, could it be that the design has historically not had any genitalia? And they've recently added it on for, you know, to be more accurate to the. Oh yeah, but it's like lizard, it's like lizard dick that kind of slides out of, <laughs> like, you know, they've got like a slip yeah. and then like. Okay, that that <laughs> that brings me to a I'm side a question. Uh, if you're at home. Can you tell me, is Godzilla a male or a female? Well, it'd be Godzilla if it was male, I suppose. Godzilla, <laughs> female <laughs> version. <laughs> oh, because they have babies. Doesn't he have babies? That's, they, in, yes. that's in the awful American oh. reboot they did in the 90s. Godzilla was androgynous and laid babies that were like little velociraptors that rapidly grew. But it was like, it's androgynous. Androgynous, yeah. It was asexual. It was pansexual. It, it got itself How pregnant. How many sexuals was it? It never pulled itself back. It was both at the same time. Your disdain at this suggests that the original was male. They referred to Godzilla as male in the movies. Yeah, well, that's just patriarchy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's true that in Dan, the, in the Western me. translations, he's referred to as a male, and, of course, he's referred to as king of the monsters. Mm. Uh, ah. But... He for... doesn't wear a crown, so... <laughs> possibly incorrect. Um, apparently, in that terrible Matthew Broderick uh, Godzilla version, they did sculpt uh, female genitalia onto the Godzilla model. So what's, what sound does that genitalia make, Dan? Oh, well, that's, that's, that's cloaca, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> in any the, case, the visual is, is. I'm glad that there's, this is a podcast and not a video because the visual of this is disturbing. This is the uh, this is the underneath. Just so okay. <laughs> is this lizard specific or is this how you think humans? Are? <laughs> well, it's both, right? Okay. What's the difference? 
So according to uh, Haruo Nakajima, who's the guy who wore the Godzilla suit for the first 20 years of Godzilla, right? he actually doesn't know uh, what the answer is. So it's ambiguous. But to come back to my initial question, um, so there was recently a Godzilla toy released in tribute to uh, Hideaki Anno, who's uh, directing the new Godzilla film. Anyone? Right. No. He also directed Neon Genesis Evangelion, the famous anime. Ooh. And uh, so they released a Godzilla... Tr- Toy that was kind of a tribute to yeah, that. They, 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 they were kind of uh, revealing outfits. So here's um, here's the picture, and it, it appears <laughs> that they accidentally put kind of neon paint on the Godzilla monster in the shape of a micro bikini. Yeah, <laughs> like that is the Which that is, is, worse is a, than that's nothing. A, that's like Gold a scene from Borat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, they say that it's an accident, but my teenage remembrance of Neon Genesis Evangelion suggests that it's probably on purpose. Yeah. So, no points for anyone. No. <laughs> so, on a much more civilised topic, uh, can you tell me, what is the big sperm paradox? Well, that's um, the difficulty I have with my sheets. <laughs> <laughs> How is that a paradox, exactly? <laughs> no, oh, wait, I take it back, don't tell me. Is it something to do with Catholicism? <laughs> no. No. No? Is it something to do with more sperm doesn't mean higher probability of getting pregnant? Is it more about the quality rather than the quantity? Well, you're very what, much on the right track there. Yes. I'll... What came first, the sperm or the sperm that made the sperm? Because you need to make to, you need <laughs> sperm, sperm to make the thing which makes the sperm. It's, it's like sperm and egg, but you don't, we're not talking about eggs here. Because... Well, yeah, I mean, the ancient Greeks used to believe that, that inside every sperm was a tiny person, like people were generated from the little people that were in the sperm. But then, of course, the, the idea was that all the males in the tiny sperm would also have tiny sperm inside them, and inside oh. that would be another little person, so it would be an Infinite. infinitely recursive gene wow. there. Well, I'll give um, you points for that. But, um, uh, it's not is the it answer. Something, is it something to do with the fact that sperm can only get to a certain size? Like, you could, like for a functional sperm, it can't get <laughs> mm-hmm. too small. So... Even or if the too species, big. Big. yeah, yeah. Big. Even or a bigger sperm isn't, is isn't more powerful. Like, <laughs> so, think? Nature recently published a paper on how sexual selection can drive the evolution of costly sperm ornamentation. As in, oh, like a hat for a sperm. Yeah. <laughs> 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 a bat on the tail. Things. Um, so. Butter. The big sperm paradox is, is the mystery of why uh, tiny little fruit flies have such massive sperm. Uh, their sperm are um, six centimetres long, uh, oh. which is 20 times longer than the fruit flies themselves. <laughs> they like bring it in a little wagon. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, come into my house, here's my wagon full of jizz. <laughs> um, they, have it, they have it like really tightly wrapped up. Inside Don't we all? <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> researchers have found a link between the size of the semen receptacle in uh, female fruit flies uh, and the length of the sperm in males. Wait a second. Surely the female fruit fly isn't six centimetres long, so if her sperm receptor is... Like, how long is She keeps it in receptor? the wagon as well. <laughs> <laughs> bit, okay, they're all spool. detachable it parts. It spools around. So. It goes in and, like, a, like a drill. Like... <laughs> No, not like a drill. <laughs> Sorry. Like, like a, a curly fry. Yeah, like a curly, like a curly fry. Is that, what, is that what we're talking well, about? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> You'll never eat fruit flies? <laughs> um, 
So in, in most cases with, with sperm, it's quantity over quality. But uh, with the fruit flies, um, it's the, the extra long sperm is able to uh, uh, provide, if, prevent any other competition from getting in there. Well, <laughs> also, also, I mean, the dude, if like the dude... Fruit fly, yeah, the dude like, fruit fly. The dude yep. fruit fly. If he's like, yeah, I'm going to get you pregnant, and then he kind of goes, oh, no, I've changed my mind. He can pull it out <laughs> before it kind of gets there. Or as a part of the actual mating process, <laughs> the male uses the sperm like a kind of lasso, and kind of <laughs> across the dance floor and kind of reels in <laughs> the, 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 the potential mate. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the, that's the case. Um, all right, uh, Let's move on to the next question, and hopefully we can be a little bit more civilised. I'm curious as to how many points I got for sperm in a wagon. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron's taking care of all of that. You, you've got it under control, right, Aaron? I, I can add something to this conversation. Okay. Um, <laughs> according to a recent article in theguardian.com, the number of sperm produced by different animals also varies enormously. So humans can produce approximately 100 million sperm per ejaculate, while rams can produce 100 billion. But Dan, on his race to the bottom, might like to know that groups of sperm can even work together. And sperm in some species are known to team up and form a train that swims faster than individual sperm to which you can attach a wagon. <laughs> REO sperm wagons. <laughs> All right, thank you for that. That, that. That's very informative. Okay, this next question is for Huge Laurie. What's the connection between holes and huge clouds of gas? Well, you can put huge clouds of gas in holes mm-hmm. and fill them up. That's true. Okay, going over to the other team. <laughs> What's the connection between holes and huge clouds of gas? Black holes, I mean. I well, is it that um, huge clouds of gas generally have to collapse to make a black hole? Like, in terms of space gas, they, that's like when it collapses, it, it, yes. it, it pulls Under in the all the space time. gas? Yes, that's true. Mm. That's true. Not just black holes, but giant black holes. Yeah. So, uh, some recent new images from the Hubble telescope have shown that well, previously we thought giant black holes. I say we. <laughs> we in the scientific community. Really good scientists. Scientists thought that uh, giant black holes were made up of lots of smaller black holes. But actually, they're formed from giant clouds of gas. Mm. Uh, and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I'd just like to point out that I totally resisted all the mm. obvious setup jokes on that. Yeah, I'll have to give you points for your maturity. Thank you. Um, I think I've been And then I'm going to take some well. points Damn away it. for your immaturity in the previous round. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, this... <laughs> okay, what is the biggest flop of all time? Oh. Treasure Island. Sorry? Treasure Island. Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson. No, that one with the pirate and, and Gina Davis. Cutthroat Island. Cutthroat Island. It's up there. It's in the it's it in the top ten. Has it been it superseded? Not. Yeah, it has been. Oh, is this like like a, a peter flop? Those kind of flops. Those, <laughs> what those, does that mean? Oh, it, it means the Fosby flop. The Fosby <laughs> flop, which became the the, 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 the flop du jour yeah. for the high jumping Olympics. Yeah. The uh, Fosby flop is the technique that they used to do the high jump. Before that, people had to do the scissor kick over the high bar in the um, in the high jump. Competition. I have to give you points for that. That is technically true. I am asking about movie flops, but but that was an accurate answer to my question. I'll read you the the plot, uh, the the IMDb summary. Um, Let's see. Sheikh Ahmed Ibn Fadlan leads a group of savants from Baghdad according to the caliph's request to meet the demand of the Bulgarian king. I'm interrupting. Sex in the City (laughs) 2. 
Yeah, I was going to say Fantastic Four, but I don't think those are characters. They uh, No, no, on both counts. Uh, it's uh, the 13th Warrior. Yeah, that, that's the biggest was, flop of all time. That was yeah. the Antonio Banderas vehicle yes. where he learned how to speak Viking. Based yeah. on the, the uh, Michael Crichton book, uh, Eaters of the Dead. Based on a Michael Crichton book? And how it could it have failed? Hit. I, I'm, I'm aghast. So the budget was about 160 million and it made about 60 million. So um, the estimated losses uh, are up to 180 million. Wow. Uh, which is so uh, that's adjusted to now from 1999. It was the biggest flop of all time. Um, But there was also uh, that movie has also caused a crisis for librarians. Does anyone know what it is? The 13th Warrior? Yes. Um, In terms of do they file it under one or under T? You know what? I think librarians have solved that problem. The problem of where to put numbers. Um, Can they help me organise my DVD collection? Because I'm having real trouble with that one. Uh, yeah, it's caused a, particularly his novel, uh, Eaters of the Dead, has caused a big problem for librarians uh, that don't know whether it's fiction or non-fiction. Because it seems so believable <laughs> that, that there should be this monster that eats people. Um, it's, he, in, his, in the bibliography for his book, he claimed that it was based on a manuscript that was kept at the University of Oslo, um, but he just made that up. And so uh, the University of Os- Oslo ha- keeps getting requests to see this manuscript. <laughs> which, um, By which all does. those 13th, all those Eaters of the Dead fans wanting to check his sources. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, it seems believable, but let me check with the University of Oslo. I'll give you points if you can name any other uh, of the top 10 biggest flops. So, Katie, you named uh, Cutthroat <gasps> Island. Anyone know? Even Fantastic States? Four, directed by Josh Trink. No, no. Uh, I think it, it should didn't be. cost enough. That was probably uh. the problem. Um, the the number two uh, biggest flop of all time was originally int- intended to be an art house samurai movie, um, but then they spent two hundred twenty five million oh, on it. The, the last samurai? No, that did that did heaps. Uh, was that, how the duck? But it wasn't. An art it house wasn't samurai. really a samurai. No, film. It, was, it was a big flop, though, right? <laughs> yes, it was. It was. It's not on the list. Solar babies. Uh, again, like. Mel Brooks's flop, film. But they didn't spend enough money on it for it to True. actually and be a... I was just listening to a podcast, actually, and you just said it just broke even. So that was... But it, like, just recently? Just recently. Yeah, it was made in, like, the 1980s and only just broke even through DVD sales. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. People so, still buy DVDs? Apparently. Amazing. <laughs> uh, the second, second biggest flop of all time, 47 Ronin, the um, Keanu Reeves ah, yeah. samurai film. That was real recent. How yeah, about, um, 2013, yeah. John Carter? Is that... John Carter, number eight. What, is Waterworld still considered a flop, or is it? It's, it's sort of it more of a splash, a bit of a cult, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> belly flop. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think there's more by reputation because they yeah. had all those storms and things. Uh, um, Alice through the lo- Alice through the Looking Glass has apparently bombed recently. It's got. It's, I'm it's, sure it's, it's, on, there. it's on, on its way to bomb. Future bomb. Mars needs moms. Oh yeah. The, adve- the Adventures of Pluto Nash. Yep. Fall of the Roman Empire from 1964. Huh. Final Fantasy Spirits Within. Mm-hmm. And John Carter. Oh wow! So there you go. Two Mars films in the top it's eight. A lot of lot of animation as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. Okay, that brings us to the end of our big questions round. Erin, what are the scores? Well, Hugh Laurie get uh, eighteen points and a Christmas cloaca for their efforts, <laughs> while Megalodon Perignon prove that they are too big to fail with twenty three points. Yay. Oh, give them a big round of applause. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. Oh, I forgot that. Okay. Yes, this is what I want to talk about now. Um, in researching uh, the topic of bigness, I couldn't go past the uh, 1988 movie Big, uh, which is about a 12-year-old boy who magically transforms into a 30-year-old Tom Hanks. Um, I have serious questions about this movie. Yeah, there are major ethical questions about it. I, w- I will give points to anyone who can make a strong argument for or against the, uh, the, the pros and cons of transforming 12-year-old boys into 30-year-old men. Well, it's basically... It, it, was, it was before the internet, so it was very much ahead of its time when lots of 12-year-old boys... like. With lots well, of, I think the internet is going the other way, isn't it? It's, well, yeah, no, that's what I mean. There's a lot of a lot of thirty year old men now act like twelve year old boys. So um, it was very prescient for what society was going to turn into. Yep, so I correct. think, as a think piece in terms of um, adult man child culture, it's um, it's a, it's it's a very provocative piece. It's um, good because it establishes um, how to deal with those people. You know, the the gaming industry, the toy industry. Like he's he's brunch, he basically invents the gaming industry. You watch him. He's he's there proposing a new game. A new computer, an interactive role-playing game, which completely caters to the mindset of a 12-year-old boy. At the end, um, his love interest, which is another whole can of worms. I'm going to be getting into that. But then uh, she she realises that, yes, that is exactly what would appeal to a child. And because that's how she realises he is a child, because he wants to make that sort of game. And she realises that she would appeal to a child. Mm. (laughs) Katie, your thoughts on that? Well... It's a strange movie because it's billed as a funny, light-hearted sort of thing and there's a, there's a nice scene with a piano that you play with your feet. But it's really, I would say it's sort of a psychological thriller <laughs> where a young boy taken over by, I don't know, that, that he's still 12 and we are believing that he's 12 the whole time and yet there's, there's a very clear sex scene and, it's, and that's just fine and it's part of a funny comedy and it's a, ah, oh, that's a fantasy, but it's, it's not a good thing. And it's a scary thing. She would be going to jail. Yeah, and if the reverse was true, it would be very clear, but for some reason it's a bit muddled. But it's not muddled. It's still wrong, everyone. Ooh. It's really sc- it's a scary movie. Serious ethical question. Yeah. I, I don't remember much from it. I remember that when he becomes an adult, he, that, that piano scene, yeah. and it's a giant-sized piano. I, I, so I assume the rest of the film, everything else is giant size as well. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. And that would cause dangers. Like if you, you know, if you, because obviously you're... If you're traveling into the future, inhabiting an adult body, but you are midget-sized, then it'd be really hard to like drive cars and well, he, he, buy groceries. Do you, do you think that he's still a twelve-year-old boy inside the body, like trying to manipulate, <laughs> yeah. manipulate the he's, larger body like a like he, a puppeteer? He doesn't. He doesn't actually travel through time, Scott. He's still in conventional time. He's he's just got he's just magically aged uh, to thirty years old. Right. Yeah. So my question, and I've just been doing some. I've just been doing some math here. I've just been crunching the numbers, <laughs> and I'm like, why are people using this magic to age twelve-year-old boys to thirty-year-old men when they could be using it to murder dogs? <laughs> <laughs> because so that's the magic to age things by eighteen years. Um, if one dog, year, if one human year is equivalent to seven dog years. <laughs> That's 138 uh, years. And so, like, you could just kill a dog like that. Like, it would turn to dust. It would turn to dust and blow away in the wind. Or have, if you had a, 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 a middle-aged parent with a large inheritance that you wanted them to die so you could gather, you could, like... Plus 18 years. Well, now, this is for you. It, it, it would be natural causes. Yeah. yeah. 
It's not. I mean, it's not established what other powers Zoltar has. I mean, no. he, he 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 makes his wish. He gets the coin in. He realizes it's not plugged in. He, he it was a, it was a wish, wish made in earnest. Yeah. But um, we don't know what other powers it has. So there's a whole there's a whole question of determinism and free will there because he gives her the like he does give her the offer to become young again, oh. but she doesn't want to do that. I don't remember because I watched it on free to air TV and I think I went and washed the dishes at some point and I think I missed some key points. Mm. Um, but I got so the sex scene and it was crazy. The dog killing scene. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, the, she really stayed with what me. What I'm saying then is that to, um, time travel time travel requires coin operated machines. Well, it's not time it's travel. Not time it's not time travel. Well, it's age travel. Age travel. No, it's speed. Age travel. We're doing it right now, Scott. This is age travel. Okay, okay. But to do this thing requires coin operated machines. So yes. It, it wouldn't be possible today because no one has money, coin money anymore. <laughs> so we've actually passed the point in history where we could achieve this. 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 Uh, we've lost that technology. We, we've, we've lost it, and I don't think we're going to get it back. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, there's a whole question about what happens after the events of the film because obviously um, he's been regist- he's been registered as missing. He she she thinks that uh, the strange the strange thirty year old man kidnapped her son. Um, and you know, there's the, all the fallout because he's he's left an abandoned apartment that he was renting, filled with toys and goodies and things like that. What's going to happen there? What's the landlord going to do? There are, there are lots of questions. Yeah, like he now has to go through puberty, having uh, again, like yeah, he, he went through. He didn't a, even a, go through puberty. He went yet. through overnight puberty. Oh. Enjoyed a, a, a brief stint as a 30-year-old man during which there were some very murky legal and moral issues that occurred. <laughs> and then he goes back to being a 12-year-old. Can you imagine him going into school, having lived as a 30-year-old man, and going, oh, I'll just have a coffee, then going into the staff room and going, oh, there's kids, am I right, guys? You know. I've, oh, I've got to say, right? oh. as, a, as a high school teacher, like if we could take 12-year-old boys and just make them like skip four or five years of their lives, it would be a gift to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> as well because he asks he asks Zoltar if he wants to be big doesn't he he, says that, he wants to be big he Zolt- wants to be big yeah. and I think Zoltar is charitable in that he actually gives him the wish that he wants which is to be older because big means a lot of things could have just made him turn him into a giant, giant like, like, crushing yeah, yeah. yeah but, I mean, there was a, a whole there movie. was a whole spate of problematic wish fulfillment yes. movies specifically with adults turning into children and children turning into adults like vice versa um, 18 again 13 going on 30 which was Seven. a late 90s one 17 again 17 again yes <laughs> all the teens again I mean I, 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 18 again just stuck with me most because that featured George Burns and that, that? He, he was 81 the whole gag was that it was an 81 year old vaudeville performer in the body of an 18 year old boy um, being trying to be seduced by his own trophy wife it was <laughs> okay we're gonna look this is we've gone down a rabbit hole what was wrong with expect. the 80s the 80s had a definite problem I believe with- it was cocaine yes <laughs> That brings us to the end of the round. Big is better, question mark. Erin, what are the scores after that round? <laughs> well, firstly, I, I, I have a little bit of bigness uh, trivia. Oh, great. And that is, according to IMDb, Penny Marshall, who is the director of the film, became the first female director to ever direct a movie that grossed more than $100 million mm. at the box office because Hollywood is misogynistic. Mm. However, if we think about the scores, we have huge lorry trailing with an inconsiderable 25, while Megalodon Perignon carry on with a capacious, a sizable and a substantial 28 and a half. Megalodon! Our next round is called Big Figure, Small World. Now, it's hard for us sometimes to get our head around big numbers. Uh, So I'm going to test just how hard it is. I've got a, a series of interesting numbers that I've collected from my beloved QI Factbook. 
Um, but in some cases, I've changed the number by an order of magnitude. And I want to work out if you will notice. So uh, I'm going to read out a statement. You tell me if it's true or false. So, Megalodon, I'll go to you first. Tell me right. if it's true or false. Uh, light travels 18,000 times faster than rain does. False. It must be a lot faster than that. It's yeah, a lot true. faster that's than the trip. It's Correct. It's 18 million times faster. Yeah. <laughs> all right. you because I was going to say, like, no, it's not that fast. <laughs> Huge lorry. 10% of all the photographs in the world were taken in the last 12 months. It's a lot of photos. I feel like it's going to be more than that. You reckon it's like 100%? <laughs> <laughs> and we just, we just, oh, yeah. yeah. By the way, photographs were invented 12 months ago. Yeah. <laughs> because it's going to be kind of, we're not quite exponential, but it's, you know, the rate of, Maybe it's plateaued now, but... Uh, we say it's true. Yeah. It is true. Yes. Oh, you guys are good at this. <laughs> the words written on Twitter every day would fill a 10 million page book. No, it'd be more than that. It'd be way more than that. Twitter, I'm I mean, thinking. Admittedly, it's 100 Are you thinking characters. through all of the Twitter messages you've read? Wait. And mentally <laughs> well, placed well, them in a book. So Wait today, a minute, Brendan. What's know. the font and size, please? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, Are we talking Helvetica good. 12 point or good. Times New Roman 10 point? Is there kerning? What's the spacing like? Do we double space the paragraphs? These are important details we need, Brendan. Don't set us up to fail, Brendan. You see, that's why I said it's, it's going to be an order of magnitude out. So mm. if, if, if it's false, then that must mean it's like 100 million or something like that. So do you think 10 million page book sounds about right? Is a massive number. They are tiny messages, you know. I mean, okay. Um, You're gonna need an answer. Okay, it's true. It is true. Uh, Hmm. Yeah, well done. All right. The average person walks the equivalent of 300 times around the world in a lifetime. That is a lot. I think that's too many times. Like 30 times, maybe. Because that's what is it? What's the average person? Like lazy as fuck. There's also like little micro walks around to the stove and then to the TV and to the toilet. <laughs> Are you going to pace it out? <laughs> I, I, I reckon that's wrong. Yeah. I reckon that's false. Yeah. It is false. Yes. It's only three times around the world. Oh. Only three times around the world. Lazy. If all the Lego bricks ever manufactured were clipped on top of each other... Oh. <laughs> Why is this not being asked to me? They would make a tower 100 times as high as the distance of the moon. The moon and back a hundred times with oh. every... No, not just, back, just not the, the moon. to back. the moon a hundred times. Not to the moon and back. Oh, so, well, you wouldn't to have the moon and back You wouldn't go to the moon and then make another tower that goes back to Earth. It would be more structurally well, stable, though. <laughs> <laughs> then how would you get back if you're not coming down this new tower? Or the old tower? Okay. Okay, to put it another way, you could make a hundred towers that reach to the moon. Now, that's a question I can understand. <laughs> There's, there's a lot of Lego oh, about. There is. But it's only small. Yeah, it's, well, because it's mostly hollow. So, <laughs> it's, it's mostly hollow. How does that factor into it? The mass. The mass of, that, that's present on the earth. That, you know, because they're not like... A um, hundred times? A hundred times. Yeah, hundred like times. Ten times is more like... Uh, there's a lot of Lego, though. Or well, it could answer. be going up. It could be like actually the answer is a thousand. Times. What about the bits that like don't click? Like little little. <laughs> if you like an aerial, right? You can st- if you stick it on top, yeah. you can't stick anything on top of that. Well, the, so what yeah. they do? So the statement is: if all Lego bricks, oh bricks, oh, so it's not all the like special pieces. 
Just no, not that, not including, so not including the antennae. And what about mi- minifigures? Like, kind of just like of this weird fucking circus act. <laughs> like Lego minifigures. Let's say, let's say they're and sticking the out the sides. Or at the top, so they can breathe in the vacuum of space. Um, I, I think that's false. A hundred times? A hundred times is false. Yeah, false. You're right. It's only ten times. Yeah. I said ten times. Oh my god! It's like it was one of the orders of magnitude. As a, as a, as a fun fact, I believe that the uh, population of minifigures uh, has now topped four billion, making them the largest individual population in the world. And they still don't have a vote. If Lego was a country, minifigures would outnumber any other country. Wow. Can they feel? <laughs> I can I feel don't... them when I step on them. I'll tell you that. Um, there are eight times as many atoms in a teaspoonful of water than there are teaspoonfuls of water in the Atlantic. I believe that's true. Eight times. Eight, oh, eight times. Teaspoonfuls. That's five mils. No, no, it's got to be 80. It's got to be more than that. Because atoms are really tiny. They are, they are like, quite, they're they're like small. almost they're the like smallest really thing small. you can get. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wait until you hear my episode, Brendan. <laughs> but um, no, no, there's got to, it's got to be the, the, no, there's got to be an extra zero on there. I think it's false. I'm going to yield to Jeff on this one. Oh, you shouldn't have. It's true. Oh, it's true. Ah. It's true. Oh. And so, so now that someone's finally got one wrong, we can end that round. Yeah, <laughs> 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 that relief. <laughs> I was like, man, this is. I was totally wrong about this. I'm the only person who can't judge numbers. It turns out. <laughs> Uh, speaking of judging numbers, Erin, what are the scores? Well, while you've been debating orders of magnitude, I decided to Google what is the biggest number in the world. And I came across www.googleplexian.com, oh, um, which is the biggest number in the world with a name. But the, the important thing here is that the, the website is listed in the, quote, slightly interesting section at pointlesssites.com. <laughs> and that's how they market themselves. Uh, how we have uh, scores. Yes, we do, in fact, have scores. And the, the, gap, is, the gap is growing very, very small. Mm. Megalodon Perignon are sitting around 31 and a half, packed in a little bit, but huge lorry are coming in at a whopping 33. Ooh. Huge lorry, everybody! <laughs> okay, it's time for a lightning round. This round is entitled, We're Gonna Need a Bigger Quote. Yes. <laughs> I have found some movie <laughs> quotes that all involve the word big. Uh, ring in when you tell me what quote it is, or what film it's from. Big Mac's a Big Mac. Pulp Fiction? Correct. Mm. Big guy, big reach. Skinny guys fight till they're burger. Rocky. No. Yeah. It's about fighting Lincoln. Abraham <laughs> uh, Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. No, that's from Fight Club. Damn it. For many hundreds of years, quite content to ignore and be ignored by the world of the big folk. Scott, shame on you. <laughs> the Hobbit. No. <gasps> Lord of the Rings. The Fellowship of the Ring. Yes, I'll give you that. Where are you going? Wait, they'll hear. Come here, you big coward. <gasps> Wizard of Oz. No. no. Ah. Labyrinth. Come here, you big coward. Chewy. Come here. <laughs> so that's from A New Hope. Uh, if my math is right, and it always is, three gigajoules per second. 
That could run your heart for 50 lifetimes. Yeah, or something big for 15 minutes. You're right, it is Iron Man. <laughs> that is one big pile of shit. Jurassic Park? Correct. <laughs> By Michael Crichton. <laughs> he just other shit. Oh, no. Um, okay. It's alternate title. Whatever it was, it was big, and you sure it took them into the air shaft? Disappeared into one of the cooling ducts. Alien. Alien is correct. Mm. And finally, let's kick the tyres and light the fires, Big Daddy. Big Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Big Daddy or Big Daddy's house. It's a... Uh, uh, <laughs> You're making a hammering action. I know, with the hitting. Yeah, I mean, it does have hitting in it. Yeah. Kick ass. That's the one. Nope. Let's, let's bring it home. Let's bring that bad boy home, Captain. Star Trek. It's Got a sequel coming out soon? Uh, Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they kicked the tyres on the Titanic. Independence Day. Independence Day is correct. All right, that brings us to the end of the quotes round. Erin, yeah. the scores. Oh, gosh, the gap is getting so, so tiny. Megalodon Perignon are squeaking in at 34 and a half, while Huge Lorry are sitting at a commodious 35. Oh, oh. Half a point. All right, it's time for the final round. This is the who would win round. All right. Mm. Each team will have to represent for a giant creature. <laughs> And argue why that creature would win. Now, which team, Aaron? Which team is ahead? Uh, huge lorry is ahead by half a point. Huge lorry, because you are ahead, you will be representing King Kong. Mm-hmm. Megalodon, you will be representing the BFG. Yeah. The BFG. Okay. <laughs> so the question is, who would win between King Kong and the BFG? Do you mean the giant? Or the big fucking gun in a video game. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Um, yes, you listen to a different podcast that mentioned it. The big That's friendly giant is what I mean. Yes. Big okay. friendly giant. Okay. King Kong, uh, I would like you to go first. I'll give you 60 seconds to make your case. <clears throat> King Kong is a very large monkey thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's an ape, Scott. Yeah, yeah. Time limit, Scott. You're really building confidence. Okay, here. he comes from Skull Island. Yes. You know how Skull Island got its name because he ripped the skulls of his enemies from their shoulders. That island used to have skin. He just <laughs> put, it used to be called Skin Island, <laughs> <laughs> like a like a nudist resort. And then he kind of just yeah. just peeled it off. Um, obviously, uh, yeah, King Kong mm. uh, can like he's not afraid to bring the fight to people. Um, he's not afraid to take it uh, across mm. the world and he's not uh, afraid to not be chained up anymore. Um, he won't be held down. He won't be defeated. Uh, he won't be beated. King Kong for president. Are we working for president? No, beat BFG in a fight. Um, he'll also beat the BFG in a fight. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> Stirring stuff there. Thank you. What about the BFG? Well, the BFG may be may stand for big, friendly giant, but make no mistakes, he knows how to handle himself. He's he's a survivor. 
He has he has lived in a world filled with some of the worst of the worst giants, and he's still around. So he's obviously got survival skills. Not only that, but he's seen the worst of the worst, so he can employ those tactics. You know, he's got them in his back pocket. Um, and not only that, he's got you know he's got the physical violence down, but he's also got um, psychological warfare because mm. he—he's uh, he an inventor. He, he, can, he, he can makes dreams, some shit. but he makes dreams. It's it's he can make nightmares, and he can just mm-hmm. uh, put King Kong to sleep somehow. Tip a, yep. tip a tip a nightmare in his brain. Done. Done. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's also invented. Um, he's invented those uh, magic drinks that make people fart. And let's face it, if you if you can make that's it, funny. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but like, no, because King Kong might think there's nowhere you can hide. No, you know, you're a farting gorilla. There is nowhere that's... you can hide. They will be able to find him. And the BFG so... will hear him. He's got giant ears. He can hear him. So, he's yeah. got intelligence. He's an evolved being. So you've woken up. He has up... the power of speech. He can organize a posse. Yeah. King Kong has woken up in terror, and now he's ashamed because he's farting. Um, It's just sitting there with a benign smile on his face King Kong doesn't even know that BFG did all that Canonically, Kong is the last of his kind The BFG, he's got a a whole bunch of other giants with him Who are worse than he is So he can take them out Alright, thank you Uh, Some rebuttal on behalf of King Kong Uh, Absolutely, so first of all uh, They've brought up that the King Kong would do some like big farts. Like first of all, I, I want you to stop your fart shaming. Like oh my god, um, you bring up that there's, there's like there'll be nowhere for King Kong to hide. Like I say, there is nowhere to hide from a gorilla that cannot stop farting. Um, like the the name the name is in your downfall is in your own name, the big friendly giant. But what else could BFG stand for? I think bad fighting giant. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> also, also, blob flobberty grab scottle. Yeah. Okay. Two talking mm. rule dalisms. You know what that means. And and the BFG is not the last of its kind, but the rest of its kind are trying to kill him. And and he's afraid of them. King Kong has already cleared the field. He doesn't have to worry about his own kind. He can focus on the enemy, the true enemy. Alpha predator. Thank, thank you. We'll hear a closing statement from you in a moment. Rebuttal for BFG. There is nothing weaker than a king who feels that it has conquered everything. King Kong may have wiped out the rest of his kind, but he's become complacent. That's how he was captured. That's how he was brought to New York. Who captured him? Tiny people. Tiny people. One-tenth at least the size of him. This is someone about the same size as him with all the cunning and intelligence of a human. In a fight scenario... He's going to know where to hit him. He's going to know how to hit him. He's going to take him down. As to your point about uh, the BFG being pursued by his own kind, they're quite, I remember from the book, they're quite dumb. So he can just sort of go like, hey, over here, and then jump out of, like, in front of King Kong and jump out of the way, and they would all run as a group. And, and kill King that, Those tactics would work on a gorilla. Well, and they would work on the other giants. Yeah. So, that, uh, boom. Okay. <laughs> boom, indeed. Boom. Ladies and gentlemen, it just a fucked gorilla. Yeah. In just a moment, we're going to hear closing statements from each side, and then you, the audience, will decide which of these two combatants would win in a battle. King Kong would be better at fighting the big friendly giant. Stop. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, many things can kill the big friendly giant. Punching him in the face, making fun of his big ears. However, only one thing can kill the King Kong, not might... Not dreams, mm. only be- beauty can kill this beast. And Big Friendly Giant is not a beautiful creature. <laughs> <laughs> the Big Friendly Giant may not be 
beautiful on the outside, but he is beautiful on the inside. And that is the whole point of the book. Um, and you may also that note make that uh, if you refer to the source texts, what what's King Kong's status at the end of the book? Dead. What is the status of the BFG? Glorified. <laughs> also, um, if you're going to make the point that the only thing that kills King Kong is, is beauty, I don't think you should reveal its great weakness because similarly, the, the BFG makes um, makes dreams yeah. um, and can make a beautiful dream and he dies. This is your your pithy closing statement. I'm a really good lawyer. Um, Okay. Um, (laughs) Just a just a one liner. Okay. Just take it away, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Take it away, Jeff. Indeed. Thank you very much. (laughs) All right. So, in just a moment, you will applaud for which side you think should win, whether it be BFG or King Kong. Ladies and gentlemen, who thinks it should be BFG? (laughs) Who thinks it should be King Kong? (laughs) All right, it sounds like King Kong won that one. So, Erin's just going to add up the final scores. While she does that, just a reminder... That if you enjoy the Nerd Degree, we're here on the first Wednesday of every month. We're also available online in podcast form, nerddegree.com or on iTunes. Yeah, it's quite good. Erin, what are the final scores? Well, there are no small teams, but there are small answers. And the winners tonight are Hugh Laurie on a Husky no. 40 versus Megalodon Perignon on a miniature 34 and a half. Ladies and gentlemen, Hugh Laurie! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time we have. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you again next time. Good night. Yeah.